Oh, it pains me to say this, but that was really good. Because, well, I don't like Grace, but anyway, she did a good job. All right. This is the last Sunday of the month. And so this is where we do the dangerous thing and ask the kids to come up here. Now, kids, be careful because all this stuff is breakable. And so if you can, just come up here and sit right here in front. I'm going to talk to you for just a second. So all the kids come up. Just sit right here. Don't touch anything. Don't touch each other. Don't touch anything. Boy, this is a good bunch of kids. Yeah. Hey, that's a nice tie, brother. That looks good. All right. Sit down. Find you a place. Kind of come out here. Kind of come out here. Johnny, why, why are you always doing the wrong thing? What's wrong with you? I'm just joking. All right. There we go. All right, Brax. Can you find you a place to sit down? There you go. That's a good spot. That's a good spot. Now, this, what did, what did we celebrate last week? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Exactly right. What are we going to celebrate this coming month? Christmas. Christmas. Right. Does everybody, does anybody not like Christmas? You don't like Christmas? I like Christmas. You do like Christmas. Okay. What do you like? What do you like about Christmas? Yeah, you like you like to get presents. Yeah. yeah. Does does everybody does it? It's Jesus' birthday. Absolutely right. Yeah. You like your birthday too. Everybody likes your birthday. Okay. This is getting out of hand real quick. All right. Now, how many of you hang up a stocking at Christmas time? Okay. All right. Do you know I'm nearly I'm nearly fifty years old, and there's a stocking right now on my fireplace that ha- is only about this big and it says Pappy on it. Cindy puts it up there and every year I get something in my stocking, okay? So we're going to talk about the kinds of gifts that we get at Christmas time. Does anybody ever get chocolate at Christmas? Does anybody ever get chocolate in your stocking? Does, do you like to get chocolate? I love, I love to get chocolate. And when we and when we get it, and Cindy always, Cindy always gets me just nearly every year. She always gets me chocolate, and you know what happens to it? I eat it quickly, and then it's gone. It's a it's a nice gift. It's nice, but it doesn't last very long, does it? It doesn't last very long. Does any Does anybody, when you open up a present, do you ever get clothes? That's exactly right, man. Every year, every year. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, every year till my grandmother died, I was a grown man. And every year, my grandmother would give me socks. I got socks every year. I've got socks from this big to this big because I got big feet now. But my grandma died several years ago, so I don't get socks anymore. But every year, I would have to open up that present. And I knew what it was. I mean, I shake it, and you know what it is. As soon as you pick it up, you're like, this is not a toy. This is clothes, and you have to put on your happy clothes face. You're like, oh, socks. <laughs> like you got me for the last 27 years. Thanks, Grandma. You know, and that's the way it is. But what happens to socks? Sometimes they get ruined. Sometimes. Does anybody ever, does anybody ever wear a hole in their socks? 
Yeah, if you wear them long enough, they're going to wear out. And if you're like me, and see, you guys are going to get big. You know, you're going you're gonna to take off growing. And the socks that you wear right now in three or four years are going to be too small. And it's, a, and it's a good gift, but it doesn't last, all right? How many of you like to get toys at Christmas? Yeah, there we go. That's the, that's the one when you pick it up and it's heavy and you rattle it a little bit and you're like... This is the good one. Every year, every year, there's one gift that's the best gift. I remember one year, I went through all my gifts, and I asked my mom, I said, where's the good one? And she was like, what do you mean? I said, there's always one good one. And, and she was like, well, that's all there is. And I was like, what? And she goes, no, I've got one more. And it was the good one. And you know the good one because it's heavy and you feel it and it shakes and you know this is the best. This is the toy. This is the toy. How many of you have ever got a really good toy? How many of you had a really good toy and you played with it for a little while and it broke? How many of you had a really good toy and you played for a little while and then you got too big for it? That's the way it is. It was a good gift. It was a good gift. But you got too big for it, or it broke, or it rusted, or it wasn't any good anymore. And there's lots of good gifts in life. But what if, what if at Christmas, I could give you a gift that wasn't like the chocolate and it was just gone, but it stayed with you forever? Wouldn't that be a good, it wouldn't be socks. What if I could give you a gift that was useful like socks and, and was helpful to you, but you never outgrew it, and it was always there, and, and it never wore out? What if I gave you a toy, something that was so good that it never wore out, and no matter how old you got, it was still always with you? Has anybody ever got a pet for Christmas? Pets are fun. One year, one year my, grandpa, my grandpa used to raise Border Collie puppies. And one year for, my, for Christmas, he gave me a little Border Collie puppy. And I had all kinds. It was a great gift. And that dog went with me wherever I wanted to go. And he was with me all the time. But you know what happened to him? He died. He died. He got old and he died. You have, you've lost pets too, so you know what I'm talking about. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a friend that was with us all the time? And no matter what, he always was. That is what Christmas is about. And this morning in our scripture, it talks about that God is with us. And it's not just for a little short time and we enjoy him and it's over. It's not for a time where we outgrow him because we never outgrow God. There's some people here, there's some older people here that have been with God for literally 70, 80 years. And, they, and he has never left them. He's always with them. And so this morning, we're going to talk about a gift that God gave us that never wears out, that never goes away, that never breaks, that never leaves us, and is always with us, and that is Jesus, okay? So go back and sit with your parents, and we're going to talk about God with us this morning. That's right, that's right. So don't tear anything up. Hey, Pepper, you see your mom right over there? Don't jump off the stage. Okay, we're going to be in Matthew this morning. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to begin reading with verse 18. So let's all stand in honor of God's word. And you might say, Pastor, why are you starting on Christmas stuff already? Because 
It doesn't take long and we'll be out of it. And it's worth, it's worth talking about. And so we're going to be in Matthew 18, Matthew 1, beginning with verse 18. Let's read this together. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees and I will not neglect your word. Let's read together now uh, Matthew 1.18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. I love that part. Remember that. He was a righteous man. And he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had a mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, and that's what we read earlier. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, and I love that part that I saw, and it says literally it means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, help us to, help us to just catch a glimpse of what this means, what it means to have God with us. Help us to want that, Father. Help us not to be afraid of that. Help us to long for that, Father. Help us to hold on to that, that you are literally with us. And Father, I pray today that you would speak into our lives. Father, there are some folks here today that need God to be close and with them today. And Father, I pray that you would do that for them. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a time, and Christmas is a time, even Thanksgiving can be a time. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to drink some stuff today. Thanksgiving can be a time when you celebrate so much that when you get done, you forgot what you were celebrating. Anybody ever feel like that? You get done and you, cel- and you celebrated the celebration, but you forgot what you were doing. Anybody have a, have a full week this week where you just felt like you lowered your head and just kept going all week? I kind of felt that way at our house. We had kids coming in all the time. If Landon's kids hadn't have been sick, we'd have had every one of our kids except Luke, and we don't like him anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. We'd have had every one of our kids and our grandkids with us at church this morning, but they got sick, and so it really isn't that big of a deal. So, But anyway, no, but we hardly ever, because, and you know that's the way it is, you hardly ever have all your family together anymore, and so when they, when they are, it's a wonderful thing. And so we've had that this week, and we celebrate that, but sometimes we get so busy in the time of celebrating that we forget to enjoy what we're celebrating. And so here's the deal. God never, I want you to get this in your mind. We've never been told to celebrate, celebrate Christmas in the word. 
It's not, it's not told, it's not asked of us to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But men decided that it would be a good deal and it was something worth celebrating, okay? And I think that it is, but we have to be careful when we decide to celebrate something that we don't celebrate the celebration. You know what I'm saying? We get so excited about all the things that we're doing, we get so excited about all the decorations and all the activities that we have that we celebrate the celebration And we don't celebrate Jesus. And if you're not careful, you'll do that. And if I'm not careful, I mean, I have to be very uh, 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 intentional about this. And so this morning, before we get started into the the holiday time of of Christmas, I want you to keep your mind and decide that I'm going to be intentional about this. Because if we're not intentional, we'll start decorating just to decorate. We'll start doing it just because that's what we do, and, and, and we won't enjoy it. We'll, do it just, we won't, we'll just do it for our own enjoyment and not to bring glory to God, and then it becomes about us, and so we have to be real careful. If we, if we just feast and have meals so we can enjoy it ourselves, that's not what it's about. We're supposed to be together and enjoying our time together, and we're supposed to be celebrating Jesus, and if we're not intentional, it becomes just a good time for us. If we buy gifts just because we like the way that it makes us feel, and, and my wife and, and Lindsay is especially this way, and, and Cindy's this way, they are givers. They are givers. They love, the, they love to think of what people want. They love to, to go pick it out. They love to give. They love to give more than they like to get, I think. Okay? But if you just do it because it makes you feel good, then it becomes not about what the celebration is about. Or sometimes, I know this has never happened to you, but sometimes people say, well, I'm going to give something to somebody so that they'll owe me. All right. Okay. I'm going to give it. Then if I give it to them, and, and parents are this way lots of times, if I give my kids something, then they'll like me. Have you ever, have you heard some of the commercials that's already on the radio? There's a, there's a commercial about, from a go-kart place up in Springfield. It says, if you want to be the best dad on the block, you buy your kid a go-kart. And I'm like, what? No way. You know, but that's the way it is. If you, if you come up with the greatest present, then you're the greatest dad or the greatest mom. And that's completely not what this is about. We are here to, and it's easy for Christmas to get hijacked by this by this stuff and it happens all the time and it happens to people with really good intentions they have the right intentions but it doesn't work out so we have so we have to be intentional instead of just going and and being part of everything just to do it we have to be intentional and take time to realize what it really means in our 12-week Bible study that we've been doing in Sunday school we've learned that between the old and new testament there's 400 years of silence, all right? There's 400 years there when God doesn't say anything. A couple of weeks ago, we were in church, and as we were singing our praise and worship time, we were in the middle of that, all of a sudden, people just start coming to the altar. God broke in on us and started speaking. Wasn't that wonderful? That's one of the most wonderful days I believe we've had. I love that kind of stuff. But imagine... If you went to church for 400 years and God never breaks in, God never says anything, 
Nobody ever stands up on Sunday night and says, you know what, this is what God's been speaking to me. This is what God's done in my life. You never hear a word from the pastor of a new word that God has given him. Imagine 400 years. Imagine 400 years goes. My grandma never heard anything from God. Her pastor never heard anything from God. My great-grandma never heard anything from God. My great-great-grandpa never heard anything from God. But I'm still believing that it's true. After 400 years, it'd be hard to hang on to that, wouldn't it? But it's interesting in this scripture here in chapter 1 of Matthew, it says that Joseph was a righteous man. Joseph believed. And even though there hadn't been any news from God for 400 years, and there had been 400 years of silence there, Joseph is still holding out and believing and holding to what it takes to be a righteous man in the Jewish faith. faith. And he's saying, I may not hurt anything, but I believe what the word says, and I'm going to hold on. It says a lot about the character of who Joseph was. And this is where they were, and there's no word from God, and, and it's not, and it's not, imagine that if it was our church, and, and, and we stop, stop hearing from God. And it's not just our church, but every church in town, and every church around, they start, start hearing from God. And, and what would we start doing if we didn't hear from God? The first thing we would do is go, what have we done wrong? And then it would be, after we start thinking about that, it might be, well, how can we get God's attention? Maybe if we started doing stuff, we could start getting God's attention. Then maybe God would pay attention to us. Maybe we just, if we would just be better, if I would just start, if we would just start acting better, if we would start doing more charitable things, then, then God would pay attention to us. And this is what had happened to the, to the Jewish people. And, and, and I love Jeremiah Bullock says, and I love this phrase, In the absence of God, religion flourishes. When God pulls away, people become religious. They start doing religious things in order to try to get God to react. And and they started, uh, and this is where the Jewish people was. And so they started making up all these rules and they started doing more and more things. And it became more and more about works. And and they tried to become better and better in order to get God to say, well, you are so good that now I am going to speak to you. And this is where they were. And this was the time when Jesus was coming, okay? And this is what Jesus was coming into. And so when you don't hear from God, we start asking, where is God? And we start, and they started being good just to see if God would show up. And we, and sometimes we do that. We'll start saying, God, look how good I am. So, so why don't you do this? God, if I, if I see all the good things I did, I've had, I've had the privilege of having my little granddaughters at our house this week. And I had Landon's kids and they're the same way. And that, and I, and I love to hear them try to manipulate me. No, I, they do manipulate me. And so the first thing they'll do, and Jason's really bad at it, and Addie's really bad at it too. And I hear them, and, and they'll go, Nanny, I love you. And then there's a pause. Can I? <laughs> Whatever. And it always starts off with, Nanny, I love you. And then they say what they want. And that's the way that sometimes our religion becomes, God, I love you. See what I did? Now will you do what I want you to do? And that's not the way that God has called us to be. And, and, but that's the way we are sometimes. We, we turn, and, and this is what had turned out it, it had been. And by the time Jesus had came, religion had, been, had become something just to get power. And that's where they were. 
And then in the middle of this, there's been 400 years of silence. And then you hear a whisper of God speaking. And it starts off with the the saying that John the Baptist is coming. And then the Virgin Mary hears from God. And then Joseph is asleep and he's contemplating, what am I going to do? Because this woman that I have never been with, and we still believe in the virgin birth, folks. The Church of the Nazarene believes that Mary was a virgin, all right? And many of you think, why are you saying this? Because there are some churches now who do not believe in the virgin birth. Okay, we do, okay? Mary was a virgin. And she has heard this voice, and the voice says... You're going to become pregnant with the Son of God. And so she knows about it. She comes and tells Joseph, boy, that was a, can you imagine that conversation? Joseph, I'm pregnant and God's the dad. Holy Spirit has conceived in me. And Joseph is like, and he says, I'm going to have to get rid of her. And he's contemplating this. And he's going over this in his mind. He doesn't want to hurt her. He doesn't, he doesn't want to expose her to public humiliation. And he's trying to think, how do I get out of this? And how do I do this? Can you imagine? This, he's not a very old. He's not very old. He's a young man. And the word says he's righteous. And he's trying to do the right things. And he's like, how did this happen? But in that, and he could have exposed her and said, this is what... This is what she did and him been completely, but he just wanted to, how do I do this? And while he's going to sleep one night, he's probably having trouble sleeping because he's trying to figure out how to do this. While he's doing, doing this, an angel of the Lord comes and speaks this truth into his life and tells him what he needs to do. And then he gives him this promise from Isaiah and says, he will be God with us. I don't know about you, but as I was reading through Scripture this week, and I started here in Matthew, when I came to that, I thought, man, that is awesome. God with us. What does that mean? God with us. And when you talk about God with us back back then, uh, they would have thought God was with us back when uh, Moses brought the Israelites out of out of captivity, and there was a time when when God was with us, and and we could see God, and our and our forefathers talked about we could see God in the fire, and we could see God in the pillar of smoke, and and God was with us, and God spoke to Abraham, I mean, spoke to Moses, and 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 God was there. And he was close. I mean, Moses would go and talk to him, but, but the people of Israel still kind of kept their distance. And there would be times when they would say, why don't you come closer? And they'd be like, no, we're afraid to because you're so holy. And, and that's the way people are today, too. We want God around us in case we need some help, you know. They wanted God around when they got hungry. If God could bring them some manna, that would be great. If, if they got thirsty and they needed some water, that'd be great if God was around. But when it came time to really get close to him, they were afraid because they knew their sin and him would not mix. And so they were like, God, we want you around just for stuff that we need, but we'll go ahead and be okay by ourselves. And that's, that's the way we are sometimes, isn't it? We want God around so we can call on him. But when it comes to being with us, that's just a little too close and so they knew that and lots of lots of people have have thought that way there are a lot of people today that believe that that god 
that don't even believe that God can be with you. They believe that God is some far off something another. They believe that if you ask people if they believe in God, they say, yeah, and you ask them, can you have a personal relationship with him? And they say, no, he's kind of a far off person that just kind of creates and controls, but he's not really, he's not really someone that can be with you. I was thinking the other day, uh, people think of him as an all-powerful being, but they don't really think of him as being involved with what he has created. John Halstead has a son that's a, that's a, a ranch manager for a buffalo ranch out in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. Huge ranch. Got thousands of buffalo in there. There's just gobs of them. And there's a rich, rich man that owns the whole thing. But the rich, rich man doesn't come there very often, does he, John? He, he, he's not involved in the day-to-day work. He doesn't go out and round up all the buffalo. He's not there when the buffalo need vaccinated. He's not there when the buffalo need doctoring. He's just, he's just far off. And, and although he's the one that made it all happen, and he's the one that has produced this huge ranch with all these buffalo, and, and he's the one that pays all the bills and keeps the whole thing going, he's, he's very far off, and he's not involved in the day-to-day issues that happen on the buffalo ranch. And a lot of people see God as that. He's sort of like corporate office. He's the corporate guy. and He never comes down to the store. He never comes down and, and is working with the people that run the store. He's just the corporate guy. And every now and then he'll send down a memo and tell us what to do. But, but God is this far off something and he's never really with us. And people think of God as that, that he's somebody that can't even be approached. He's, he doesn't really have any idea what's going on. And, and this is how people felt in Jesus' day as well, that God was something that was way off, but he couldn't be with us. And they didn't even think that God really wanted to be with them. They thought he was this far off thing, but the thing of it is God wanted to be with them. He was, not in a man, he was not the manager from corporate. He was the God that said, I want to be with you. Think about that. God says, I don't want to be far off. I want to be up in the middle of your business. I want to be up in the middle of everything you do all the time. And so Jesus is conceived. Jesus leaves heaven. And his inside, think about this, and I've said this before, but it does me good to think about this every year. Jesus was the all-eternal God, and he he is so big that we can't even imagine, and yet he becomes man. And he doesn't just become a man, God doesn't just go poof, there you are. He's conceived in the smallest form, he grows, he's, God is inside a woman in the black, in the dark place, inside a woman growing. The immense God is brought down to size. He grows inside a woman for nine months and comes out. And the God who is able to speak and was there and spoke creation into being, wouldn't it be neat if you just spoke and things come into creation? And now... He can't speak and anyone understand him. 
And the only way he can get what he wants, you know, if you would think that Jesus would be able to just go, blah, and he, all of a sudden he has a rattle in his hand, you know. And I want a pony, and there would be one, but that's not what happens. He can't speak like he's been able to before. And the only way he can get anybody to change his pants is he's got to cry. Can you imagine how embarrassing that would be? Jesus is sitting there and he's like, I'm going to have to cry to get some business done here. And we don't think of Jesus like that, but that's how he came. And he is a toddler and he is, he is the all powerful and he can barely walk without help from somebody else. He can't even walk for a while. He can barely turn over. And then he turns over and then he crawls on the ground. The God of everything crawling around on the ground. And he grows up and he's a man. And he learns a trade. And he lives by the sweat of his brow and he knows what a hard day's work is. And that's who Jesus is. And that's what he becomes. And he becomes God with us. And he's not someone we can never really know. He becomes God with us. And he knows everything you have gone through. He has gone through birth. He has gone through being a toddler, a baby. He's gone through adolescence. He's gone through young adulthood. He's gone through everything. Every temptation you have felt, the word says that he has felt. Every hardship of betrayal, of hurt, of loss of loved ones of loss of a friend, of a friend betraying you. Jesus has gone through everything you have faced, he has faced. And he knows and he understands. And he's not just far off God now, he's God with us. And he can be with us. And I want to ask you this morning, is God with you? That sounds great, doesn't it? To have, the, have God, wouldn't it be great to have God with you, to have God on your side, to be going with you every day? It sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? You think, boy, I, you know, I really could have used God last week. I was in a tough spot, and, and where was God then? Was God with you? I want to ask you this morning, is God with you? Because the only reason he's not with you is if there is sin separating you from him in your life. Other than that, God can be with you. How many of you have been in a situation where you knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was with you? Raise your hand. Without a shadow of a doubt, God was with me. God got me out of this. God helped me through this. Where all of a sudden, you didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, you knew what to do because God was with you. I can remember, I can remember a night, I will never forget it, as long as I live. We were in the old house, and Lacey, I thought the devil was going to steal her away from us. She was so belligerent and hateful, little five-year-old kid. And you see her now, she's all nice and lovey and wonderful. She's a wonderful mother. She was the worst kid ever created. And I can remember, Cindy knows what I'm talking about. That night, I've told you this story before. That night, I, I thought, if we do not change things tonight, we're going to lose her. I mean, it was, it was that dire. And it was in the little bedroom in the old house down at Ava. And I can remember, I remember sitting on the bed. And I was like, we're going to lose her. And I remember in my spirit, I didn't leave the room. I cried out and I said, God, what do I say to this child, to this belligerent child? 
I'd already gave her a spanking. If I spanked her anymore, it wouldn't have done any good. I didn't know what to do. And me and her mother sat there and I said, I said, God, what do I say? And I, I mean, I was crying out with everything in me. It, it seemed like her soul was in the balance that night. And all of a sudden, some words came into my mind. And I spoke these words into her life. And I'm sure she doesn't remember, but I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I tried everything and I said, this is what we're going to do. And Lacey was just, just defiant. And then she just broke. She just broke. Oh, mommy, daddy, I'm sorry. And it was, she was never the same after that night, was she, Cindy? Never the same. And I remember me and Cindy went into our bedroom. And Cindy was always a big reader of Dr. Dobson. Cindy would close the door behind her and she goes, I read this in Dobson. We win. We won. She goes, this was so important. We won. And, and she was, Lacey was never the same. I would have not wanted to enter that battle with my child without God with me that night. God was with me. God was with me and Cindy and right there and I needed something and I needed wisdom and immediately God gave it to me. God wants to be with you. Not some far off corporate guy that I need to email and go, okay, and when you get the time, could you give me some information on how to deal with this belligerent child? Just get back with me whenever you can. I know you're busy. He was not far off. He was in, he was in the room with me. And my wife, when we were in a battle for the soul of our young daughter, he was with me. There's been other days he's been with me. And if we went on, I tell you, I'll never forget that one. Do you know that God wants to do that with you? I want you to stand this morning. Lance, I want you to come. You say, Pastor, how do I get God with me? The only thing that keeps God from being with you is sin in your life. That's the only thing that separates us from God. And the only way to get rid of sin is to come and to repent. And repent means I hate my sin so bad. I hate the way that I am. When God gets close to you and starts speaking to you, you see the sin in your life and you see the things that are not like Christ and you say, I have got to get this out. And the only way to get out is to repent and say, not only am I sick of it, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to be done with this. This thing that separates me and God, I want it out. And we come and we repent and then Jesus comes in and it is God with us not far off corporate God but God with us I don't know where you're at this morning I don't know what's going on in your life I don't know what's happening to you but you know right now if I got you down it was just me and you and we were in a room and I looked you straight in the eye and I said is God with you you would know yes or no right off the bat you know if God's not with you why isn't he do you want him to be with you this morning? This would be a great day. This would be a great day. You walk in without God and you leave God with us. God with you today. 
If God's speaking to you right now, you know you're feeling in your heart. You know those things that are separating you from him. We'd love to come and pray with you this morning. If you'd like to pray this morning, just come down to the altar. and Just say, God, I know this is the stuff in my life that keeps me from you. And God, I want to be done with it right now. And God can be with you this morning. I love that scripture, God with us. And it's real, folks. It's real. You saw all the hands that went up, people that testify that God with them. And God can be with you this morning if you allow him to. We're going to sing just a song for just a moment. If you need to come pray, you know it. If you need to come pray, come as we sing. I need thee every hour. 